Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And this is the Spooky Hour. It's us. We're back. Welcome to the Spooky Hour. Welcome to episode 25. Yeah. This one is quite large. Um, yeah. So we're going to keep banter a little bit short. I don't really have anything to say. I went back to work to week this week and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> the end. I'm doing like 7 million jobs, so it sucks. And I'm excited for this week to end. <laughs> so our banter is everything sucks and now we're spooky. And thanks for downloading us and mm-hmm. making us part of your week. You guys are so nice and we love you all. On a Monday too. Y'all out yeah. your minds. And since as holly said we got a long episode for you guys we got a lot. but we think we think we do we think we do i mean we both have pretty long stories so let's just get into it you let's get, get spooky it? okay i am going to talk about the dag poltergeist i don't know so, this one neither did i and this blew my fucking mind because oh, it's boy. from canada it's oh, in what? canada oh yeah you told yeah. me that yeah um so this is this case of the poltergeist was written in an article um, in the Brockville Times. It's also written in like a lot of newspapers, but I I just mainly focused on um, one article. It's the Ottawa Journal's article, um, and it literally accounts for everything that happened. It's amazing. Go read it. It's insane. Um, it was published on November twenty fifth, eighteen eighty nine. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So in 1889, a gentleman by the name of George Henry Dagg lived on his farm in Caledon, which is just outside of Shawville, Quebec. Um, he lived with his wife, Susan, and their two kids, Mary, who was four, and John, who was two at the time. Um, they also lived with their adopted do- um, daughter. Uh, I thought you were going to say Dean. dog. I got really excited. Dog. Their adopted dog. <laughs> um, their adopted daughter, um, Dina. Uh, I was Dina Burden McLean. Uh, Dina was from Glasgow, Scotland. She was um, from like an extremely poor family, and um, the Dags had adopted her through like this terrible fucking child immigration scheme. Oh, it took place in the 1800s. Um, so in so the scheme made was made to like address the poverty in Great Britain at the time. So a lot of children were like shipped and sold off to like Canada and the United States. Um, to be, like, adopted, but, like, used as, like, extra helping hands around the house and, like, people's farms and stuff. So, so people like, bought labor? these children. <laughs> yeah, child labor. People bought these kids oh. and uh, said they adopted them. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. And that was, that was the way of helping poverty. I don't fucking know. It's so stupid. I don't know. <laughs> There's no reason for it. It's just weird. No. It's just stupid. Um, so the Dags adopted um, Dina uh with intent of giving her like a loving home but again also helping around the house where she could but their kids also helped too so she she did get adopted as actually being adopted into a nice mm-hmm. house so there is not she that just had to do chores them. yeah i mean the usual kid stuff i think it's i don't know if it's dina or dinah how's it spelled d-i-n-a-h yeah it's the a-h Dinah? yeah oh oops so the story all started on september 15th 1889 when george gave his wife a five dollar bill and a two dollar bill back when canada had two dollar bills um george asked susan to hide them away i'm not sure like what seven dollars yeah a whole seven dollars i'm not sure like what made him do this but like she did it anyways um so susan did she stuffed the money in a drawer in their bedroom the next day a kid named dean he was also an orphan but was hired to help out around the farm um dean went to george and handed him a five dollar bill he said he found it on the kitchen floor 
George was like convinced this kid stole the money in their bedroom. So he went to their room, opened the drawer, and found all of the money gone. So the $5 bill and the $2 bill was gone. Um, so instantly, George accused Dean on being a thief. He Dean like denied the accusations, which is like, I didn't steal your money. I literally found it on the kitchen floor. Um, like, why would why would this kid bring you the money that he stole? Literally. <laughs> um, so George, uh, well, George um, searched Dean's room. Um, I guess they like housed him when he was like working there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he searched the room and ended up finding the two dollar bill in Dean's bed. So, so it's not looking yeah, good for Dean. Yeah, no, not at all. So Dean still denied it. He said he didn't steal the money. He didn't put it there. It wasn't his. He didn't. He didn't do that. Um, George apparently gave him, and I quote, a harsh lecture, but nothing really came out of that. Like they still let Dean do chores around the place and stuff. It was more of just like a learning lesson for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then things on the farm started getting really weird after this incident. Um, the Dag's milk bucket started to be knocked over and emptied. Darn milk bucket. <laughs> right? Not not the bags of milk. Milk buckets. Oh, it's yeah. So we in Canada have bags of milk, guys. Yeah. I don't buy bags of milk. I buy the cartons because... <laughs> I can't drink milk. <laughs> yeah. I'm <and> sad. <laughs> the only person in my house that drinks milk is Stuart, so... Butter from the jar in the kitchen would go missing. It was just, like, weird random stuff. But this is where it gets really gross. So the waste from the outhouse was smeared all over the kitchen floor at one point. <laughs> fucking gross. Yeah. I would physically fight someone if they smeared yeah. shit in my kitchen. So fucking gross. So gross. Um, so George immediately thought these pranks were the work of Dean, obviously. Um, so George actually had Dean arrested and taken oh. before the judge where the judge had locked him up in the local jail. So this poor kid got locked up for it. Yeah. Um, However, the pranks on the farm continued even when Dean was locked up. Um, Thankfully, George was a nice human and realized, well, I wouldn't say nice, but (laughs) he realized that Dean was innocent as fuck um, and had a release from the jail, but Dean did not return to the farm. I don't blame him. I blame him. Yeah. Not at all. So only a few days after this, George's parents uh, came to visit um george was out like threshing the wheat i'm pretty sure that's like where you like separate or like loosen like the edible part of the wheat from like the grain part. i thought I it know. was like cutting but i'm not smart so. it's, it's something it's it's pretty much like that like, he was farming you guys yeah he was farming he was doing something with the wheat um so george's dad john was inside when a, like inside the farmhouse when the window shattered oh so john is um george's dad so like not the kid so george's dad um he thought like it was like some prankster or like hooligan so he went outside didn't see anybody and he decided it would be a good idea to go like hide outside to catch him in the act because he knew about the stuff that was going on in the farm and all the stuff that's been happening and so he hid behind like this like stump but he couldn't really see much but he kept hearing windows shatter so it kept happening and he wasn't seeing anything so he moved into the barn where he could see like a full view of the home um so another window shattered but john actually saw it shatter but there was nothing there but no one was there so no one was there but he saw it shatter so it continued to happen to like a few more windows but again no one was there he was just seeing windows being shattered that's insane yeah so Susan um, was actually in the house when this was happening and at one point called out to John saying, and I quote, Father, you may as well come in. The glass is still breaking. <laughs> like, 
You're wasting Sassy. your fucking time, right? <laughs> Sassy. Sounds like you a little bit. <laughs> right? Um, so John was never able to figure out who was breaking the glass, what was breaking the glass. It, just no idea. But they still thought it was some prankster. They just did not think it was anything else. Um, so The invisible prankster. Yeah. Okay, so incidents kept like happening and they kind of like vamped up after this so fires started breaking out around the farm dishes got smashed and their water buckets got emptied so it went from like annoying incidences to like possible life-threatening yeah like, you could be lit on fire you can have a dish That's thrown terrifying. at your head and die right um so however it was very apparent that dinah was the main victim in these attacks um so one incident dinah started screaming bloody murder that like someone was like pulling her hair and her hair was like in a single braid at the back of her head Mm -hmm. so susan her adoptive mom like rushed over to like help her and found that dinah's braid was like pretty much shaved off (gasps) yeah someone like took her braid and like hacked at it with a knife oh my god yep that's devastating yeah that would fucking hurt like she wasn't physically injured and she didn't die but it's still devastating yeah like oh no thanks as a haver of long hair i know how much that would hurt <laughs> it's true you have long especially hair too. like especially back then like what do you have to do like a dull knife <laughs> good luck Wait, like a butter knife <laughs> yeah <laughs> that poor girl <laughs> no right so another incident happened when um with dinah and george's mother mary um so technically like her grandmother so they were cleaning one of the kids bedrooms and they were doing it together and dinah said and i quote oh grandmother see the big black thing pulling off the bed clothes mary couldn't see anything but she said um she did see the clothes like being lifted up a little bit like not fully in the air but you can see something like was picking them up mary asked dinah where it was and she responded with and i quote why don't you see him he's jumping over the bedstead oh like no so this kid can see it i hate kids and ghost stories (laughs) um so mary apparently had like a bullwhip on hand i don't know a bullwhip like a fucking whip okay (laughs) yeah casual right and told uh dina to like strike him child take the outrage and strike him hard like this grandmother's like violence violence (laughs) is the key violence is the answer hit him um Hit the thing that I can't see. (laughs) Yeah. I would not want to be punished in the 1800s, let me tell you. No, seriously. So all this commotion ended up getting the attention of a man named Arthur Smart. He was in the house for some reason. I don't know why. Um, But he was, he like went upstairs and saw what was going on and was like also encouraging um, uh, Dinah to like hit the thing she was seeing. Um, So she did and repeatedly (laughs) whipped whatever the fuck she was seeing. Even though no one could see it except her, they heard it. So at one point, there was a very loud squeal, but apparently it sounded like a pig. And after that squeal, um, the black figure just disappeared. She said it was gone. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. So shit continued after this. And I mean, if you beat a a spirit with a whip, it would probably fuck you up. Um, (laughs) So the... (laughs) The entity began to, like, liven things up. It started, like, tearing apart bed sheets and pillows. It would move furniture, especially the rocking chair. It would just, like, make it, like, rock and, like, go absolutely nuts. Um, apparently, the Dags had, like, a harmonica, which could be heard, like, playing, but no one was playing it. Yeah. It's a random one. 
Yeah. Apparently someone was visiting the farm and had a potato thrown at them. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, like, in the oh, newspaper being, being that person that got hit by a fucking potato? i take the by potato home guys. with me, that's for sure. <laughs> right? Like, free potato. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Bye. Um, so the Dags also found um, a paper that was pinned to one of their walls, and it read, I quote, you gave me 15 cuts. <gasps> mm. Yeah. No, thank you. Is it referring to, like, lashings from the whip? I would think so, yeah. Ugh. I think so. Yeah. It gave me a shiver. Right? Um, so George ended up fearing for his family's life, but also, like, annoyed at the fact that his home was being destroyed. So he seeked help from a local <laughs> priest. Yeah. <laughs> it's casual. So he seeked help from a local priest by the name of Reverend Horner. Horner visited the farm and immediately was like, you have a demon problem. Like, right off the bat. Demon. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to exercise the demon and started reading passages from his Bible. But when he was, like, reciting the script, the book vanished in his hands. Like, just gone. Oh, okay. And they were like, where the fuck did it go? Um, they ended up finding the Bible in the oven. I don't like that. Yeah, no. Um, apparently, the reverend was, like, so, like, shook. He prayed to God for an hour and a half at the home and recited, like, some words to god and did all we're not stuff religious up. guys <laughs> yeah this is hard he did things with the bible um but incidents kept happening even after the reverend visited so obviously he did not get rid of this demon um so george decided to reach out to a folk healer um she was known as the witch of plum hollow i would trust her, name- her over the priest yeah right so her name was elizabeth barnes her date of birth isn't very clear some people say it was like 1794 while others say it was like 1800 um either way we know she was alive in 1889 to help the dags so elizabeth was from cork in ireland um, oh that's she- why you did this one actually it's not i found this out halfway through girl. Oh, okay halfway just a through. happenstance okay yeah it's just my irish vibes <laughs> I just knew, knew it was a thing you're adorable um, she had fallen in love with a gentleman named Harrison. I fucking love that name. I love the name Harrison, and I don't know why. So her father, like, disapproved of this relationship. So they were like, fuck you, and they got they ended up eloping, and they moved to Canada. Hey. Um, Her- yeah, Harrison ended up dying a few years later after oh. settling into Canada. Yeah, pretty sad. Come to Canada um, where you die. <laughs> yeah, it dies. <laughs> um, so Elizabeth ended up remarrying, and his name was David Barnes. They had nine fucking children. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, nine. Um, in 1843, all of them moved to Sheldon's Corner in Kitley Township, which is just north of Brockville. Okay. Which I bought my motorcycle in Brockville, in yeah. fact. Um, so this was near Plum Hollow, so she never lived in Plum Hollow, even though her name says otherwise. <laughs> um, so her new husband ended up being a complete and utter asshole and left Elizabeth with nine fucking children. He just up and left and was like, goodbye. Don't want to be with you anymore. So Elizabeth being the baddie that she was, um, oh she's, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so she supported her family by using her gift or her second sight as you will, um, by fortune telling and reading tea leaves. Um, it's said that she had like a sixth sense, but she was also like a gypsy. Um, her amazing talents led her to have the title of the witch of Plum Hollow. Cool. So she like helped out a lot of people. Yeah. Right. I like her too. Um, so she helped out a lot of people from like fortune telling to like finding people that were missing or like finding bodies. Um, her most famous person she helped was Sir John A. Macdonald. Oh. So he was, yeah, he was one of Canada's prime ministers. 
Was he the um, first? So was he the I think first? he was the first. Yeah, he, he might have been the first. We didn't do really well in history, but I'm, yeah. I'm pretty confident in that. <laughs> yeah. he's. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's the first. So We're going to we'll Google this that. after and hate ourselves. <laughs> yeah, he's not actually the first prime minister of a fuck. But that's a pretty um, big name. She seems pretty yeah. important. Yeah. So she was, again, like extremely sought after. She's not some flea market gypsy, as Holly likes to say. <laughs> um, so Elizabeth, so the witch... <laughs> had a seance in her home with George. Um, She had, um, she said the entity and like the manifestations were the result of black magic. She said it was conjured by a neighboring widow and her two children. And the magic was aimed at Dinah McLean. So at the adoptive daughter. Um, Yeah. So now the Daggs had a neighbor that fit that description to a T. Her name was Miss Wallace. Her husband died a few years prior and they had two children. Creepy. Yeah. So George had no idea why Miss Wallace would have an issue with his family, especially like um, Dinah. He denied it at first, but decided to confront Miss Wallace anyways. Wallace denied using any black magic, and she said she never partaked in the, and I quote, dark arts. She's like Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) And she had like no grudge against them or Dinah. This ended up making like the Daggs and the Wallace family like on really bad terms because the Daggs were like, we don't believe you. And Miss Wallace is like, yo, go fuck yourself. (laughs) I I don't do black magic. Sounds like you and your neighbors. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) I curse my neighbors. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, So the incidents kept happening for months. And in October, Mary, so the daughter not the grandmother, the daughter, said she saw a man with hooves and a head of a bull standing in the doorway at the front of the house. Okay. Yeah. She said, she also saw this demon. I'm just going to start calling it a demon now because that's literally what it sounds like. Multiple times. Include seeing it in the kitchen pouring sugar into the oven. <laughs> he just wants to fucking what make cupcakes. <laughs> that too. Wasting sugar like that? It was expensive um, back then, probably. Seriously. A whole fucking $2 bill, man. (laughs) Uh, So the demon apparently talked to Mary during this incident, and it said, and I quote, want to come to hell with me, and then it disappeared. Yeah. To a little girl. She was like four or five years old. She wasn't very old. Yeah. This is Um, creepy. Yeah. So Dinah also said she saw this demon alongside a black dog with red eyes standing outside the house. Oh so like God. a hellhound. Like a hellhound. Yep. yep. Fun fact, that's like my favorite, um, what do you want to call it, like a paranormal creature is hellhounds. I don't know yep. why. I think it's because they're them. depicted differently, sort of. I mean, I guess that's the same for every creature, but whatever. I just think they're cool. Yeah, they are cool. And plus is the it, dogs. Is it supernatural where they're like invisible and you just yeah. like see the people? Yeah, I like that depiction for some That's reason. That's also very fucking creepy because you have no idea where it is. Yeah, exactly. Or if it was Ugh. like um, Harry Potter reference, the, the Thestrals where like you could only oh, see yeah. it if it's like coming for you, but like it's invisible to everyone else. Yeah. Sorry. I, All dogs excite moment. me. <laughs> even um, the dead ones. Even the dead oh, ones. Oh, God. All dogs go to heaven. Except those ones. <laughs> Except those ones. Hell, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, my God. So off topic. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so George and Susan said they never saw this demon-like thing that they their kids were saying they saw, but they did hear a voice. It's not stated what they heard, but it, they said it resembled, like, an old man, and it was very hoarse. It was, like, very, co- like, a, it was... Raspy? Sounded raspy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Raspy. Um, and when it spoke, it was extremely rude and used obscene <laughs> language, especially when talking to or about Dinah. Yeah. So the Dags 
haunting stories and incidences ended up spreading around the town like fucking wildfire. Everyone was talking about it. Neighbors would go by to try to witness stuff. It just blew oh my up. God. Yeah. So in November, so we're like two months into this shit and it's still happening. In November, a guy by the name of Piercy Woodcock heard about what was happening at the Dag Farm. He just he lived in Brockville, Ontario. Um, he was pretty well-rounded dude. He was a student in psychology, an artist, and he was also a journalist. Um, he was extremely intrigued by the story, so he decided to travel to the Dag's farm to be able to, like, write about it. So um, he was us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He was us. <laughs> he arrived at the Dag home in mid-November and was introduced to everyone and, like, explained why he was there. And the Dags were like, sure, whatever. Go ahead. Um, so Dinah had told him that she just had, like, when he got there, that she just had an incident with the demon by the shed. Um, so those two went out to the shed to try to communicate with this entity. Um, and I believe uh, Dinah was around, I believe, like, 11 years old when this was happening. Um, so, so, like, she cognitively remembered this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so once they got to the shed, Dinah asked if it was still there, and it responded with, I quote, I am the devil, I have you in my clutches, get out of here or I'll break your neck. Okay. Casual. I'd yeah. be gone. <laughs> like, okay, bye. Uh, Piercy was completely shocked by the response, but like snapped back at this entity saying that it shouldn't be using that kind of language around a child. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first concern? That was the first concern. Yep. So naturally the entity responded with a bunch of curse words. Um, apparently the conversation went back and forth and went on for like five fucking hours. Five hours. That's bizarre. Yep. And at he one... didn't leave? Like I would have no. been running nope so for five hours there was conversations i'm just gonna get a little bit into what happened i'm not gonna go into the full detail because we don't have five hours Um, (laughs) at one point apparently the demon said it was doing all of this for its own amusement and it never intended to hurt anyone but just wanted to like fuck with them um it also said that it was a spirit of an 80 year old man who actually died about 20 years prior um, it apparently whispered its name to George and John, so the grandfather, so George's mm-hmm. dad, um, but said that if you say his name, that he, they will literally be killed. Like, he will kill them. Um, so they took that threat extremely seriously. But and they never supposed to be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, apparently not. Um, they never repeated his name. They never took that chance. And we, to this day, have no idea what his name was. I'd be, like, if that was me, I'd be on my deathbed and be like, it was Becky. (laughs) Its name was Becky. (laughs) Becky with the good hair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So at one point, Piercy was like, this is horseshit. It's a hoax. Um, It's it's Dinah. I know it is. So he accused her of being a ventriloquist. (laughs) Um, Yeah, (laughs) 11-year-old. Yeah. It's always the adopted kid. (laughs) That's, that's, yeah, that's definitely the most logical thing, yeah. Yep, definitely. So he made Dinah fill her mouth with water and hold it. But during this time when she was like having the water in her mouth, the entity was still talking and mocked them. So he's like, ah, no, it's not her. Just kidding. That that, that thing's out the window. So they eventually ended up after this, they eventually went into the house. At this point, George Dagg was with them. Um, I think a few more family members happened to like intervene at some points. But Piercy asked why it was like bothering the Dagg family, like why it was there. And it said, and I quote, Miss Wallace sends me. Oh. Yep. So the same person that the witch said. Same yep. person. This bitch. Um, this bitch. Uh, the conversation went back and forth. And at one point, Piercy asked the entity to reply, like, civilly, like, stop 
using curse words, just reply like a normal human being. And he wasn't, and like saying that he wasn't his enemy and stuff like that. And in the article, it literally writes, the entity's response was, and I quote, the reply to this was so obscene, it's unfit for publication. Oh, (laughs) okay. So Um, this reminds me of the, like your dad listening to us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Please stop swearing. Literally. My dad is Piercy. Please stop swearing. Um, so after five hours of this crazy conversation with this demon thing, um, the demon ended up agreeing to leave the Dag family home by midnight the following day. So word of this Had got to around pack the first. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to just finish up some shit, you know. <laughs> so the word of this got around town, and everyone wanted to see this demon leave, and it was huge news. So by the evening the following day, there was about fifty locals who wow. showed up at the Dags. Yep. That's yep. hilarious. Not everyone was allowed to go inside because they have a small fucking farm home, but people showed up. Um, so one of these people happened to be Reverend Bell. He was a Baptist minister. Apparently the town had asked like a bunch of priests to show up to the Dag farm to prove that this was all a hoax. Um, but no one they asked like wanted to go and they were too <laughs> far away. So no one went. Um, so Bell was asked and he, he went and he was like, yeah, sure. Even though he's not like the normal minister that's around town. Um, so he went and he showed up at the property around 11 p.m. on the Sunday, which was like the following day when the thing was supposed to leave. So he had an hour. Um, as soon as he stepped foot into the house, the entity started calling him by name, um, but the minister, our bell, just ignored it. But it continued. Like the entity kept repeating itself. Um, bell said he would have like nothing to do with evil spirits. So the entity called him a coward and, say, and said that he wasn't fit um, um to be like a reverend like he was just not a good priest like you can't do this came right for him yeah went right for him um so uh bell got annoyed and suggested um a prayer and he read from the bible and like people in the room recited it with him um and during this the entity actually laughed and said i quote mr bell you better stick to photography (laughs) i like this demon a little bit (laughs) he's so sassy i love it (laughs) Um, so Bell actually ended up leaving after this. So Bell never directly addressed the entity, uh-huh. like never like addressed him at all, but ended up leaving because he was so annoyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, right? So after Bell left, the entity went on to say it's actually an angel and no one believes it, um, believes him because, um, like that he's an angel because his voice is so like hoarse and raspy. And also because um, he sets shit on fire. I don't know. Yeah. And he's like fucking with everybody. So then he started talking in a nice, soothing, like, angelic voice, um, and it started to, like, sing, and everyone, like, joined in on singing, because it was just so beautiful, and it's it's so (laughs) fucked. This is so fucked. Man, people in the 1800s are fucking gullible. Like, so gullible. This sounds like an acid trip. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone was on LSD. End of story. No (laughs) poltergeist. Like, I literally can't fucking make this shit up. Everyone just go read the goddamn article. (laughs) I might fact check you on this one. (laughs) Fuck, do it. I'm using exact quotes. I'm quoting. (laughs) I'm quoting. I'm quoting. (laughs) It's another (laughs) t-shirt. So before it left, it said it was going to visit the kids the next morning. So Mary, John, and Dinah. 
um after they all had their like little angelic therapy singing session yeah (laughs) um so the next morning piercy stopped by the dag's house to say goodbye and just to talk to them say what happened when all of a sudden uh dinah john and mary came through the farmhouse door not literally just they just went through it um they all stated that they saw an older man with long white hair and all white clothes he appeared he spoke very nicely and said that no one believed he was an angel but that he would prove that he was and then he went up to heaven and disappeared and that was the last time the day poltergeist was ever seen or heard from again oh my god so it wasn't what was it what i don't know it's the most fucked Do you know what up it reminds I- me of another supernatural reference what's the you know the one the trickster and then he ends up being an angel oh my god yeah <sighs> i think his name is like literally trickster. help me i'm gonna I'm have pretty- to rewatch a supernatural series i've referenced it a bunch lately <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's the tri- i'm they call him trickster but then is it gabriel is he gabriel he ends up being an angel or something i don't fucking know i don't know i, don't know. I, I need to rewatch supernatural but that's crazy so it, it, that took so many turns i was convinced it was like a demon yeah i probably honestly i think it was a demon and just fucking with everybody but that was his is, last trick yeah he was just like huh fuck you i'm an angel no no just no, no. kidding no um so you know what's crazy about this once this was everything? all done <laughs> but so, yeah everything piercy had 17 people sign an affidavit a witness statement they all signed it saying these sightings incidences were real and the voice they heard was real so there's a legitimate affidavit out there with these signatures like saying this all happened a legal document that's ridiculous that and i've never heard of this people, yeah that's 17 people signed saying this what happened this was real is this um is the like farmhouse or whatever still standing it is yeah um so this story was obviously very huge it was written in canadian and american newspapers i again like i said i mainly focused on the ottawa journals journals article because it was like it covered everything Mm -hmm. um but like i said there was articles written there was one in like wisconsin there was one in like the philadelphia Inquirer. it was it's nuts so after all of this happened the dag sent dinah to live with george's father but then she eventually got sent to Fairno home in brockville which was an orphanage Aw. Yeah. So they, I feel like they kind of like. Abandoned her. Yeah. It, it kind of sucks. I'll get into what I think. Um, so some say this was all Dinah, that she was actually like a ventriloquist who just wanted to make her adoptive <laughs> family a living hell. So maybe. Why is that be- theory so popular? <laughs> right? It was an actual article too about it. Yeah. Um, so maybe the family believed that. And so when they got rid of her, it all stopped. They're like, oh, it was her. It was definitely her. But then some people said the Dags were in on it, that they knew about Dinah's tricks and built, like, built off of it. They played along and, like, amplified her story. Or the Dags just made it up completely by themselves for, like, the attention. And then once it was, like, if it was, if they did make a ploy with Dinah, that once it was all done, they didn't need her anymore. So they just shipped her off interesting yep and some people are just like it's a fucking poltergeist man like it's an angel it's i mean something. i always like to i always like to side with the spooky i'm gonna go with something supernatural happened there something very weird yeah but because after all of this george and his family lived like a pretty normal life george actually became one of like the big farmers in the area um and he also served as counselor of portage um from 1918 to 1922 he also ran for mayor in 1922 oh, and got a, and got elected good for him yeah he was mayor almost like for... he had a 
angel on his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was mayor for 16 years until his death. Um, I just wanted to say this because I found this fucking crazy. They obviously, like, went on because I don't think they... They weren't that old when this all happened, but they ended up having more kids. But they ended up having 37 fucking grandchildren. Wow. 37. That's not uncommon in those times. Not It's fucking bananas. Crazy. But that's uh, the Dag Poltergeist. That was cool. Yeah. You know, when you started talking about, like, his, um, his success afterwards, I'm kind of leaning towards, like, the the like trickster angel theory yeah and it, or it could be like he, they really did make this all up and all this attention got true. him to be a great oh, farmer and everyone knows true. him now well what do you guys think message us let us know yeah. i i can't believe i'm team spooky and danielle's like well maybe <laughs> i'm just trying to lay out all the theories no no I think- it, it was a, it was a valid point but yeah, let I us know what you guys think. That was freaking cool. If it's a freaking poltergeist, it is the most funny fucking poltergeist I've ever seen in my life. Heard of <laughs> in my life. Like, it's so sassy. I'm here for it. I love it. Was it was really funny. I like that one. That was a good yeah. one. Good pick. Yeah. Um, mine's not that fun or lighthearted. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Great. Now we're going to go into murdery stuff. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Like, this one's kind of brutal this week, too. You, Your story was fun. Yeah. Um, well, I thought this was fun. Um, I specifically have been waiting for, like, a, quote, monumental episode to do something like this because I think it's fun. Um, So I'm stepping on Danielle's toes once again just a little bit. And I'm going to be talking about vampires. Kind of. (gasps) Kind of. Sick. Okay. Here for it. Yes. So um, I've always been fascinated by vampires. I don't know what it is, but uh, Buffy was the first non-Little Kids TV show that I watched, and I still repeatedly watch to this day. And since then, I've just been fascinated by the lore. And yes, we had a Twilight phase. Oh my god, this is so funny. I wrote this while I was stoned, which reminds me, our book comes out next month. Holy shit, I'm so excited. I forgot about that. (laughs) The new Twilight book comes out next month, guys. You no we did not pre-order it i have no idea what you're talking about i of was course we fucking stone it. cold sober when we did it too danielle's yeah, like i'm pre-ordering and i'm like sold done yeah <laughs> done we're doing but yeah it. very much into vampires uh people around the world are obsessed with them from innocent twihards to hardcore believers who legitimately drink blood which i don't know if you knew this but there's like consensual vampirism where yep. like people are like willing victims and stuff like that i'm not that into it but i do find it fascinating that they are <laughs> yeah there's um a show on netflix called dark tourist and he <gasps> love it he goes to one one location and it's like a house of a house of vampires and they all drink each other's blood it's crazy i probably fell asleep during that episode but i did really like that show yeah uh they're never show. gonna do a season two it's a bummer really um, yeah he got in trouble for doing the suicide forest one and apparently they cut his funding oh that fucking sucks yeah no. um anyway so yeah um i'm gonna talk about guys who took their vampire obsession just a little bit too far this week um Ooh, i'm here so- for it first i'm gonna introduce you to richard chase who is also known as the vampire of sacramento Richard Chase was born on May 23rd, 1950. As the classic tale goes, he was raised in a strict household and was beaten often by his father. Um, At the alarmingly young age of 10, he became an alcoholic and began setting fires and mutilating and killing animals. At 10? At 10. Classic tale here. Um, Casual kid things. Sorry? Casual kid things. Oh, literally. I don't even Hmm. think I had even tried, like, a sip of wine at that age yet. Um, I didn't even know how to use a lighter. 
I love that that's what you thought of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, so this next part I left as is because of how just like it's just so shady the way they, they wrote this. So this came from murderpedia.org. Uh, quote, in high school, Chase had a handful of girlfriends, none of whom he was able to maintain a steady relationship with, partly due to his ability to in- achieve or maintain an erection and because of an inability to become aroused in the presence of females. They just hung him right out to dry there. Yeah. <laughs> just threw him right onto that bus. Yeah, like they could have just said he struggled or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyways. Um, Love that. These, I will say, in all fairness, are telltale signs of serial killers. Um I don't know if you knew this about not having a re- uh, an erection. Yeah, usually it's like a mommy issue type thing where they like oh, have like the okay. repressed rage. It's, a, it's like a whole thing. But he's a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. So Richard actually went and sought help for his issues. Um, he was told that the root of his problem was either repressed rage or mental illness. He never sought further help after this diagnosis however it would later be determined that he had quote an aversion to conventional sex and would only achieve arousal and orgasm through violent or disturbed acts such as killing animals and necrophilia wait 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 (laughs) he fucked dead animals no two separate things two said oh okay he killed animals and then had sex with dead people okay yeah that's what he was into he that didn't he, make it better but i'm just like whatever whatever he was repressing in his brain would not let him get aroused unless something violent was happening basically he sounds terrifying yeah uh so yeah there's this episode's a lot i'm just warning you guys um by the t- warning right now <laughs> We're changing the name of the podcast to the spooky hour and the trigger warning. Um, (laughs) By the time he was 18, he was heavily into drugs. He was using almost every day um, while keeping up with his drinking habits. Despite this, he did in fact graduate. Um, Side note, I'm going to post both uh, his high school picture and his his mugshot because holy fuck. Like it's like, oh my God, I was like flabbergasted. Um, after graduating, he moved out of his parents' house into an apartment with some roommates, and it really didn't go very well at all. Apparently, he walked around naked all the time, and his drug use kept escalating. His roommates wanted him to move out, but he refused. And personally, like, I would want to fight him, so I don't blame them for this, but they ended up leaving instead. Okay. Um his drinking and drug problems had made him increasingly paranoid and delusional, specifically regarding his health. He regularly complained. Uh, he regularly complained of bizarre health problems, including things like his pulmonary artery had been quote stolen, and that his blood was quote turning to powder. Drugs, kids. They're not friendly. Don't do drugs, guys. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. What the fuck? That sounds absolutely insane. <laughs> so this is... I'm not even... Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. He is the longest story of the day. Just... It's wild. Um, so he... At this point, when he started to think that people were messing with his blood and his heart and stuff, um, he started to go out into the woods. He would kill animals and then drink their blood, thinking that he was curing his own blood ailments um he also believed that it was curing his erectile dysfunction because suddenly he was able to perform um but as i mentioned above this was actually because of his sexual aversion so in his head he was carrying himself but actually it was just he he had to be killing something to be aroused no you're just getting rabies bro oh just wait (laughs) oh my god no way (laughs) this next part actually made me gag when i read it so giant warning here this is graphic um he eventually progressed to putting the animals in a blender with coke and drinking it for his health i guess oh my god a raw meat coca-cola milkshake 
Coca-Cola does not sponsor this podcast. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that's so fucking gross. Eventually, he moved back in with his mother, where he began to accuse her of attempting to poison him. Uh, not too long after that, his dad ended up purchasing another apartment for him and forced him to move out of the house. Um, You're just I- like, get the fuck out of here. You're weird. <laughs> yeah, like... Stop making your fucking dead animal blender smoothies. The house is a mess, Richard. (laughs) Go away. That's so gross. In 1973, at the age of 23, Richard spent some time in a mental institution. Um, There's not much documented about this stay, but in 1976, he was institutionalized again. And the reason for it is gross. Um, He was admitted to hospital after injecting rabbit blood into his vein, which led to blood poisoning. (laughs) So after that, they decided he probably needed more help, and he was institutionalized. Um, on two occasions during this stay in 1976, um, he would try to frighten a nurse by reaching through his window bars, grabbing a bird from the windowsill, biting its head off, and drinking its blood. Okay, Marilyn Manson, calm down. <laughs> he Ozzy Osbourne the shit out of that bird. Seriously. Um, so That's shortly so after this, <laughs> this guy's gross. Um, he does sound very sick, though, so I, I don't want to but it's fucking gross man no Um, it's it's disgusting (laughs) shortly after this he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and he was prescribed antipsychotic medications uh later that year in 1976 um after having shown quote improvements richard's doctor decided that he was quote no longer a danger to himself or others and he was released uh, once again, Richard was back living with his parents, and then to make matters worse, uh, his mother figured that he no longer needed medication because he was doing so much better and started weaning him off of them. That's Convinced not how he- that works. <laughs> yeah, guys, this is not how it works at all. If anyone tells you that you're better and to stop taking meds, punch them right in the throat. Um, Especially if you're improving because you're on the meds. It's probably the meds that are helping you improve. There's no shame yeah. in medication. Nope. Um, so yeah so she started weaning him off of this um he was convinced that he was cured of his mental illness and they eventually found him another apartment um so he was living on his own so fast forward to 1977 he was found at a reservation near pyramid lake in nevada residents of the reservation (laughs) called the police to report a man at the lake walking around aimlessly with his clothes covered in blood uh the police arrived and searched richard's truck where they found guns and a large bucket full of blood they discovered that it was only cow's blood and he was released with that incident but given his history i don't like think he was just taking the cow's blood home for shits and giggles yeah you didn't bite (laughs) any bird's heads we're okay (laughs) take your cow's blood and go home so gross cops um so later that same year on december 29th 1977 a man named ambrose griffin was shot and killed in front of his home as he was helping his wife unload groceries from their car um it was a drive-by shootings and at the time a suspect could not be named but it was later confirmed that this was richard's first human victim um so obviously a little bit off of his regular mo because his first mo involves animals so this almost feels like he was testing what it was like to kill a human and he just, like, drove by and, like, shot them? Didn't yep. actually, and then like, left. go after them? Okay. Yeah. Um, so that, to me, is, like, he was, like, thinking about doing it for a while. And he's just like, fuck it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? That's so sad that this guy is just helping his wife with groceries. Yeah. And gets shot in the fucking yeah. driveway. Poor guy. Um, so his next murder uh, took place on January 23rd, 1978. Uh, the victim was 22-year-old Terry Whalen, who was three months pregnant at the time. Uh, this murder was 
incredibly different from his first one. Uh, Terry was shot three times, and graphic warning here, her abdomen was cut vertically, almost like an autopsy, to reveal her internal organs. Um, It was after this that Richard sexually assaulted her corpse. Before he left, he found an empty yogurt cup, collected some blood, and drank it. Um, What a weirdo. Yeah. So I shouldn't even say that because weirdos are amazing. What a fucking dirtbag. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. Um, this uh, I'm going to keep saying it. This episode's gross, guys. I'm sorry. Um, it was at this point that FBI agent Robert Russler was contacted to consult on this case. Um, he is well known in the true crime community as being the first person to court to coin the term serial killer so he's kind of a big deal um he was one of the first profilers i didn't go too much into him because this episode is long but he's uh he profiled this case basically built a profile for him nailed it nailed it to a t like he was oh it was good Good (laughs) it was good it was good just little true crime things um so police had been investigating for three days but came up with nothing then on january 27th a call came in um evelyn miroth her six-year-old son jason and a family friend daniel meredith were all found in a similar manner to the first victim evelyn's nephew 22 month old michael ferrero was missing and assumed to be abducted by the killer so richard stole uh one of the victim's cars daniel meredith's car to flee the murder scene so agent wrestler was convinced that he would have ditched the car not far from his home as he believed uh the perpetrator, who is Richard, was not an organized killer and would most definitely be sloppy. Um, as predicted, they found it. Uh, okay. Parked relatively close to the the crime, the second crime scene, the door was open and the keys were still in the ignition, and that started a huge manhunt consisting of upwards of 65 police officers. Um, mm. Finally, the police got a lead. An anonymous woman called and explained that on January 23rd, which was the date of the first murder, well, not the not the drive-by, but, like, the first gross murder, um, at around 11.30 a.m., she had seen a man that she went to high school with in the mall. Uh, it turned out that this mall was less than a mile from Terry Whalen's home, so the victim's home. Um, the woman stated that she had been shocked by his appearance. He was extremely thin and pale. He had huge dark circles around his eyes, and he was wearing a, a sweatshirt that was sort of hanging off of him, and it looked like it was covered in blood. Um, as she was getting in her car to drive away, he chased her, saying he just wanted to talk. He approached the car and tried to yank the door open, but she hit the gas and got the heck out of there. Um, Good for you, girl. She That's told terrifying. the poli- Yeah, seriously. <laughs> she told the police that the man's name was Richard Chase. Uh, when the police found and arrested Richard, he was wearing a gun in a shoulder holster and had Daniel Meredith's wallet in his back pocket. So this was one of the victims at the second crime scene. I was going like, guilty as fuck. Yeah. He was also carrying a box full of bloody rags he had been planning to get rid of. Inside the apartment, they found his bloodstained blenders, newspaper articles about the murder of Ambrose Griffin, bloody clothing, and knives that were stolen from Terry Whalen's house. A calendar in his home had the dates of the murders marked with the word today okay (laughs) so he was charged with six counts of first degree murder uh thankfully they found shell casings uh from his gun that matched the ones at the first crime scene so the drive-by shooting and they were able to pin that murder on him officially in court um after his capture on march 24th the body of michael ferrero was found in a box by some garbage bins in a church parking lot allegedly it was difficult to identify the body at first because of what he had done to it um richard oh my God, was so he didn't survive no the baby did not survive 
Um, Richard was also charged with this murder. Um, he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, which to me actually makes sense in this case because he was so sick and not on medications, but his plea was rejected and the jury found him guilty on all counts. He was sentenced to death by electric chair and, uh, awaited his execution at San Quentin state prison. So yeah, that's just number one. We're still going. Um, so next on our fun little list here, this one's a doozy. Um, so Caius Veovis, uh, his physical appearance is exactly what you would imagine a sort of demonic killer would be. He has implanted horns in his forehead, a forked tongue, and several tattoos, including 666 across his forehead. He Casual. was a self-proclaimed Satanist and wait for it, vampire. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Caius first made headlines in 1999 after he and his girlfriend, 17-year-old Deanne Jones, were accused of assault. Prosecutors said the two lured a 16-year-old girl into their motel room, cut her back with a razor blade, and licked her blood while making out. That is really fucking mm-hmm. weird. One of her wounds was a 7-inch gash that needed more than 30 stitches. He and his girlfriend were convicted of elevated aggravate. <sighs> this is a mouthful. They were convicted of elevated, aggravated assault and reckless conduct. <laughs> in Try 2000- saying that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't do it once. <laughs> in the year 2000, he was sentenced to 10 years, but only ended up serving three because justice. Yeah. Um, the justice system. Our, we're in the States, aren't we? Justice. Yes, system. we are. <laughs> After being uh, released on parole, he was charged in 2006 with kidnapping and drug possession after he and another man allegedly held two strippers in a hotel room. The charges were eventually dropped, but he was sent back to prison anyways for violating his probation. In 2011, the dismembered bodies of David Glasser, Edward Frampton, and Robert Chadwell were found buried 10 days after they went missing. Um, according to prosecutors, Caius helped two other men, Adam Lee Hall and David Chalu, kidnap and shoot the victims to death. Through the whole trial, however, Caius claimed he was innocent. Uh, the, pr- the prosecutor offered him a plea deal, conspiracy after the fact with a seven-year sentence. He turned it down saying, quote, my hand was not in this. I will not let this man sell me my own hide at the price of my integrity. I would rather spend the rest of my life in prison than- rather than make that deal. And he did. He ended up getting a life sentence for first-degree murder. Uh, It's currently being served without the chance of parole. Um, When he was convicted, he proclaimed in the court, quote, I'll see you all in hell. So, yeah, this guy wasn't as gross as the first one, but I wanted to include him simply because of his aesthetics. Um, He looks like the type of killer that would be a vampire-inspired killer. Um, Danielle was fascinated by his face. I definitely Googled him, and he's very weird he's terrifying so again not as gross but wanted to throw him in there because why not right um so if if you guys google it imagine walking into him in like a dark alley you would think you were being haunted by a demon no literally he looks like a demon um and like i said he's a self-proclaimed satanist he said he's a vampire he was charged for drinking blood um so yeah i'm gonna go with he's a vampire um to wrap things up probably the weirdest case of them all is also an unsolved one this case an comes unsolved from vampire an unsolved vampire that's it that's all da, I got. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um this case comes from sweden in an area formerly known as atlas the killer very creatively was named the atlas vampire mm. <laughs> good one 
Way back in 1932, a woman named Lily Lindstrom worked as what was called a call girl. This means instead of walking the streets, she would have men come to her apartment for her services. Um, She had a fairly steady flow of strange men coming to visit her, so this made solving her murder incredibly difficult. Um, Lily was found brutally murdered in her apartment on May 4th, 1932. There's some really, really graphic details that I'm going to tiptoe around here because I think it's too much. But yeah. a quick Google search brings it up right away if you want the full thing. Um, I Snapchatted it to you, so <laughs> you know it. Um, oh, no. Police knocked at her door. It was three days after she had last been seen by her neighbor, who was a fellow sex worker. Um, the neighbor grew worried and asked them to check on her, which I love. Girls got to stick together. Yep. Um, when no one answered, they let themselves in. The apartment looked to be in order, and they noted that it was actually impeccably tidy. Um, when they got to the bedroom, they discovered the naked body of Lily Lindstrom. That name's really hard. <laughs> she was lying face down on her bed, her clothes folded neatly on a chair next to her. Her head had been brutally beaten in, and it, and it appeared as though she had been killed during sex as there was a used condom on the scene. I'm not going to tell you where they found it. Oh, no. But they knew she was killed during sex because of where it was found. Um, if you Google it, you will find it. Um, Holly told me what it was, and it's disturbing. Yeah, like you could it. look it up if you're gross. I just didn't want to say it because it's, it's yeah, it's if a lot. Gross. <laughs> if you're gross. Holly's I mean, like, I looked it up, so I'm gross too, I guess. <laughs> um, side note, I genuinely had no idea that condoms existed back in the 1930s because everyone had like 14 kids. <laughs> People actually wanted kids back then because they could afford them. Fair. But yeah. yeah, apparently condoms were a thing way back in the day. Um <laughs> Anyways, uh, when the body was examined, it was found to be almost completely drained of blood. There was almost no blood splatter at the crime scene either. There was no obvious puncture wounds or other injuries that would indicate how the blood was drained. So while her head was beaten in, there was nothing to indicate, like, you know, he drank from here. You know what I mean? It was just her head was injured and that was it. Um, So they also didn't believe that there was a way that anyone could carry that much blood without being seen because her whole body had been drained. Um, that is so gross. The like, only hint that as to what might have happened was a soup ladle found at the scene that had blood on it, which investigators assumed had been used by the killer to drink the victim's blood. And by the looks of things, they drank all of it. Uh, so they just was, sat there and drained her blood with a soup ladle? For She was three days before she was found. So, yeah, they went to town. That um, is so disturbing. Uh, so there was nothing stolen. There was no ransacking. And it, it in fact seemed like the killer had been incredibly neat despite the savage beating. Uh, nine of Lily's customers had been interviewed by police, but none were charged or even name as, named as suspects. Slowly but surely, the case went cold and the killer was never found. Um, one theory I found was that the killer was a policeman. The theory behind this kind of works, he he goes against his morals by sleeping with a sex worker and has some sort of crisis and kills her um, and and snaps and drinks her blood also. I don't know. But the theory goes to state that the the cleanliness of the scene could be an attempt at concealing evidence, something that a police officer would know how to do. To be fair, if this case happened today, they'd catch him in a heartbeat. Um, There was saliva at the scene. There was DNA in the condom. There was, I was bite say marks. The condom. What's that? I was gonna say the condom. Yeah, there was bite marks. They just didn't have the technology about back then to do anything about this evidence. So, a theory, but an iffy theory. Um, it's a bummer the, they didn't figure it out, though. The other theory is that it was just a straight up vampire, the real deal, 
Dracula, not Edward. Um, <laughs> Ed- Edward Cullen had a dark time. <laughs> exactly. Um, obviously, this is unlikely, but with us being the spooky hour, I wanted to include it because it's possible. Anything's yeah. possible here. Um, to end this off, uh, I read that a woman in Sweden was watching a true crime documentary on this case and Googled it to find out that she had lived in the same apartment building. Oh, that's um, so creepy. <laughs> I think it was like 2010 when she discovered it, so like modern. Um, she said it doesn't. she doesn't really believe in the paranormal, but when she goes to the one end of the building where Lily's apartment is, she feels very uncomfortable. So maybe Lily is still there. not at rest. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be either. No. So yeah, that's it. That's some... that was that through that was uh, I can't sleep. I have no <laughs> words literally besides that I'm not going to be able to sleep. I do you know what? There was so many more that I wanted to include. There might be a part two. <laughs> We're gonna have a vampire part two. Ah, uh, I like this one though. I genuinely love vampires. I don't know what it is, but they've been my one of my favorites for forever. She just really likes Edward Cullen. Everybody, I do. I do. Team oh Edward. My God. That was so insane though, but this like is a so good. good. Episode. Yeah. Yay well i thought it was we hope you guys did too yeah we hope you guys do do to do too also it's been things. a long week and i have wine <laughs> but yeah thanks for tuning in yet again yeah and if you want to come talk about this episode with us you can find us on social media we have an instagram at a spooky hour podcast you can find us on Twitter at Spooky Hour, and you can email us at the Spooky Hour Podcast 666 at gmail.com. Um, if you like our episode or our, what are we called? Uh, if you like our podcast. <laughs> if you like you us. Can, if you like us, uh, you can leave us a review or you can subscribe to us. That would be and awesome. Yeah. And but thank you guys for listening. You guys are killing it. Thank you for tuning in every week. We love yeah, you all. It's been bonkers lately, and we are so grateful because we just we're doing this for fun mostly. But it's it's nice to feel like we have some pals. Yeah, you guys aren't tired of us yet, so that's good. Yeah, that's that's the most impressive part. Cheers yeah. to you guys. Cheers. And Holly has wine tonight. I do have wine tonight. It's been a week, you guys, and it's Thursday. Oh fuck! <laughs> fuck! It's Thursday. It's Thursday. It's been uh-huh. a week. But on that note, try to stay positive, everybody, and yeah. also stay, stay spooky. spooky. Bye.